0: Support for Eagles Enemies is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, just like we're providing you this podcast for the best analysis for each Eagles game every week. And that's why manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 and 18 months guys is about how long it took Howie Roseman to kind of assemble this team to what we have now. And you know what we're dealing with? Uh, they're, th- Manscaped's third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And, I mean, if Manscaped could offer some of that advanced skin-safe technology to patch up the Eagles' offensive line, that would be fantastic. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so one-and-a-half football games so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor, which is the equivalent to how fast Jalen Rager runs on the field every single week with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud. Because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by the simple power source of USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours, get 20% off, and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right, I said get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Let's get into another edition of Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia.
1: Reach out, it could be better than a fantasy.
0: I got my levels out of place, last night was a long one, looking for a quick
1: fix, looking for a shortcut, but if I want a game plan uh, for the long run, what do I bring to the table said, dumb luck, there's a good chance the last thing I pick up will show up in my sleep and crash on my dreams, with some shit I won't repeat, cause it's not what I'm proud of, some heaviness, some pettiness some things I'm ashamed of.
0: Alright Eagles fans, we are essentially 0-3 because the NFL overtime rules are terrible and the Eagles truly lost that game against the Bengals in week three but they're 0-2-1 as we get set uh, to wait all day for an abysmal Sunday night and uh, the Eagles take on the 49ers in San Francisco and uh, who better to break this game down for me on the San Francisco side of things than the one and only Taylor Worth? what's going on man thanks for hopping on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh look, kinda looking forward to Sunday night. Maybe not <laughs> as much as we anticipated when the schedule came out. It's
0: uh it's gone quite the opposite direction in terms of, you know, health wise for both of these teams. Uh just the the overall talent on these teams has gone uh in so many different directions. But you know, looking at this 49ers team right now, especially with all of the injuries that they have they're playing pretty well, and Nick Mullins looks like, uh, you know, he's he's thriving in, in place of Jimmy Garoppolo right now.
1: Yeah, he he's come in and he's really calmed a lot of people down just because when the disastrous Week 2 game uh, against the Jets where they lost pretty much a third of their team, uh, including the likes of Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo, and abundance of others everyone thought the sky was falling and i don't blame him but it was a pretty uh demoralizing day but he stepped in and he, he uh he utilized the weapons that were left and he looked good and the defense well they were playing the giants but for the most part they played fine um and i think right now the, the confidence level is going back up a little bit uh fans are still worried but overall a very good showing in week three
0: I don't know if you saw this uh, this little tidbit from the NFL on CBS Twitter account that they put out on uh, September 30th. Only two quarterbacks in NFL history have thrown for 2,600 passing yards and 14 touchdowns in their first nine career starts. Patrick Mahomes and one Nick Mullins.
1: I saw that. Yeah, it was, um, was it two or three names? There were a couple other impressive names there that really were uh, cool to see, but that was uh I think about Nick Mullins and I don't think of a guy when he played when Jimmy was hurt who's through for a lot of passing yards so I think maybe it's just like a consistent floor of um yards per game but yeah that was very surprising to see
0: this 49ers team also seems to be able to pull running backs out of a hat like they're magicians um it seems like Jarek McKinnon is trending upwards of playing on Sunday night but overall, you know, with the injuries that were sustained in that Jets game, uh, and then, you know, Jarek McKinnon being the one guy that is typically known for being injured, he, uh, he got banged up against the Giants, but it looks like he's trending towards playing. Uh, do you have any status update on that, and how much of a factor do you think McKinnon will play in this game? Uh, because he's, he's kind of a, a versatile back. He does it all when he is healthy, and I like the way he plays, and it seems like you know, Kyle Shanahan likes getting him involved a lot.
1: Yeah, McKinnon is a full go of practice. Uh he had the rib injury last week. He's I've been out there the past couple of days. He's been out there um in full. So he'll play Sunday and he'll probably get the majority of snaps. Um I think in terms of rushes that may go towards uh Jeff Wilson Jr. But overall I think McKinnon will get the most action. Um, and you're right. It, they they pulled people out of the hat, but the majority of that success comes from Kyle's system. Um, you could, it, you could put pretty much anyone be running back in there off the streets and they could have some level of success. So it's, it's more of a Testament to what Kyle does, but um, yeah, it, I, I think McKinnon does offer a nice dual threat option. Um, we've seen so far that he's had success through the air and in the run game Uh, he's been one of the few bright spots so far this season so i think sunday's going to be another good game for him Um, and nick mullins it'll be better for nick mullins if they can supply him with um, an option to dump off passes to um, against that eagles defensive line
0: and just looking at the the wide receiver depth chart right now obviously there is uh a guy that I I like gravitating towards, Jesus Christ, it's Kendrick Bourne. Um, (laughs) You know, I I feel like he's a guy that, with Shanahan's system, is somebody who could, you know, while the opportunity is there, kind of have a a shot at at shining. And then, obviously, last week, the return of Brandon Ayuk from injury was big for, you know, I think this offense overall just added another dimension to it. And then uh, Muhammad Sanu is part of this team as well. How often do you think... You know, just looking at the Eagles secondary, a little banged up now with Avante Maddox going to miss uh, this game on Sunday. More than likely, he's going to be out one to two weeks. How much do you think the wide receiver game will be in play for, you know, the 49ers offense with Nick Mullins running the show? Um, Or will it kind of be, let's just, you know, go to Jarek McKinnon and obviously the the big news, George Kittle looks like he's a, a full go. Uh, for this game as well, is it going to kind of be those guys, or could we see you know more involvement of the wide receivers in this game as well?
1: Yeah, I, I do think that. Um, well, first of all, the the area of the Forty Nineers passing attack that I think the Eagles should be very worried about is uh, tight end over the middle against. From what I've heard and what I've read, the line, Eagles linebacking core, which has not been uh, too hot, we have one at of least. those. <laughs> exactly so i think i think george kittle against um is it nathan gary who's struggled a lot over can, the past few weeks can we just
0: uh e. lob him into the san francisco bay when we get out there before game time <laughs> or
1: uh, yeah that might be a good idea but i, I definitely <laughs> think um kittle's going to be the x factor in terms of the passing game i think that they have guys like kendrick bourne Uh, They'll have a few passes to Uh, Aiyuk. Debo Samuel's role isn't clear yet, but they have guys in terms of wide receivers who are pretty reliable and who you can bank on getting a few catches per game. So uh, Kendrick Bourne is a perfect example of that. He's not going to blow the roof off an Eagles defense. He's not going to put up 100-plus yards, but he'll get four or five catches, and he'll look good. He'll hold hold on to the ball. Um, But I think most of the damage will be done uh, over the middle with the tight end and uh out of the backfield.
0: And I think the biggest matchup to look at in this game is the 49ers offensive line which has been sensational, you know, Trent Williams and and McGlinchey on the outsides are just absolute monsters. Uh you know, going up against the Eagles defensive line and you know, the interior of the Eagles defensive line is where they've, you know, found a lot of success obviously with Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson, um what do you how do you think that matchup kind of goes knowing that the quote unquote weak spots on the 49ers uh offensive line is the interior compared to those two tackles?
1: Yeah, this is the this is the uh the matchup that I think the Eagles might have the upper hand in just because the interior has struggled a lot and not only the interior but Mike McGlinchey has not looked great. Um he's looked pretty bad in pass protection. Um In the run game, he's been fine. But in pass protection, he has not looked like his normal self. So the offensive line is vulnerable up the middle and even um, at one of the tackle positions because you're not going to get Trent Williams to um, slip up much. So I I think that the Eagles' defensive line definitely has potential to uh, wreak havoc. And I think that if they are going to win this game, I do think it starts up front
0: and with all of the injuries that have happened, you know, to this 49ers team, do they miss DeForest Buckner at all?
1: Um, I think right now, absolutely. Just because Javon Kinlaw is uh, a brand new rookie. He's, he's still developing. He's still raw. Um, and of course, DeForest DeForest Buckner was, um, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. And you see what he's doing with the Colts right now. He's, He's balling out. So I, I think definitely there is a little bit of a drop-off, but I think um, Javon Kinlaw and even an Eric Armstead, a DJ Jones, they've done fine. They've done even some games, they've had good games too. So it's they're not missing him as much as I anticipated coming into the season. But I think with a guy of Buckner's caliber, you're always going to miss that.
0: And with this 49ers defense, they seem to be – the more you know banged up in terms of you know big names and the the offense has kind of been able to get by more than the defense you know with just the the profile of the guys that have been injured, no Richard Sherman in this game, no uh Bosa in this game, no D Ford, you know Solomon Thomas is out as well. How has this defense kind of just gone through that next man up mentality to kind of just keep things at bay and? Uh, you know, they brought in Ziggy Anza as well, called up Dion Jordan from the practice squad. Uh, what is it about, you know, this defensive scheme where they're able to kind of just get that next man up mentality and, you know, they're able to kind of hold and bend and not break?
1: I think that they've executed the next man up mentality well, but I also think they've played some really bad offenses in the Jets <laughs> True. and the Giants. So I, I think that definitely helps and, um, I'm not sure where the Eagles are, but I think when they face, um, you know, better offenses, if they're still not healthy, I think they could be exposed a little bit. But right now, you know, they still have a good linebacking core in uh, uh, Fred Warner and Quan Alexander. They still have Eric Armstead, Javon Kenla who's, who's performed pretty well. Um, they have Kwan Williams, Jimmy Ward, Jaquaski Tart in the backfield, who are all solid. So they still have solid players. Um, on all levels of defense, but they are missing, obviously, the, the Nick Boses and the Richard Shermans, who should be back next week. and They're missing those big names, and it hasn't proven to be a huge issue yet. We'll see on Sunday night, but so far, um, they're, they're still making do with the talent that they still have left.
0: Hey, I mean, one positive for the uh, the 49ers. Uh, secondary, as of today, uh, the Eagles only had one healthy wide receiver on the 53-man yeah, roster, so... Uh, it's going to be the Greg Ward show. It looks like because the Eagles, uh, you know, injury report the past couple days has looked like a CVS receipt.
1: So first of all, who? Yeah, I, I don't think I've never heard that name in my life.
0: Uh, so um, Greg Ward Jr. was the guy that kind of caught fire last season for the Eagles in those final four okay. games. Uh, he's he's like a, a folk hero in Philadelphia because he was a practice squad guy. He's a converted quarterback from college, uh, and then every off season never made the full you know fifty three man roster. Made the practice squad, stuck around, and then last year finally broke through and showed that he could actually play. Um, but you know no Deshaun Jackson today in practice. No Alshon Jeffrey in practice. Uh, JJ Arthego Whiteside, if you want to count him uh did not participate in practice today with a new calf injury for him. Uh and I mean John Hightower, rookie wide receiver, didn't participate in practice. So it's kinda gonna be the Greg Ward show in terms of guys that Carson Wentz can actually trust throwing the ball to on the outside, uh if you exclude uh Zach Ertz because also Dallas Goddard is on IR so that's a bonus right. for the forty ers defense.
1: Yeah and um I'm curious. Has I haven't been watching the Eagles much, but I know that Carson Wentz has been struggling. Has that been mostly due to his uh, weapons or lack thereof available, or is that an offensive line issue, or is that uh, just him?
0: I think it's a combination of a lot of things. It, it seems like Carson Wentz is really in his head for whatever reason. Uh, last week against the Bengals, he had a wide open throw to Miles Sanders, you know, down the field. And, and just completely overthrew him when it was a throw that normally Carson Wentz would make. Uh, I think the lack of talent at the wide receiver position due to injury and just you know, misses in the draft is a, a big deal um, because I think the, the chemistry with Carson and, and Jalen Rager was just starting to kind of blossom and then he gets injured uh, relying on Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey to be you know available. This season, I think, was a big miss and a big mistake. And I think Doug Peterson's play calling this year has been uh, quite questionable because who punts in overtime with 19 seconds left on the clock is uh, beyond me. But I think the injuries have also played a big part. uh, Jason Peters, as good as he's been in his career, has looked completely washed. Uh, He looks terrible on the left side. Protecting Carson has been more of a liability in my opinion, and you, you paid for that. You paid more money for him to move to left tackle, which I thought was a mistake. And then uh, you got a lot of you know first-time NFL guys playing on the offensive line, whether it's Jack Driscoll, Nate Herbig, um, and it's, it's just been kind of a, a rotating door, and it's one of those things that's gone on for Carson Wentz's career pretty much since he came into the league is that he's had no consistency on this offense since he was a rookie.
1: Yeah, I just from an outsider's perspective, after they won the Super Bowl, it seems like every year it's just gone downhill more and more in terms of injuries and um, maybe some some dysfunction at different levels of the team. Um, but I, I just Googled uh, uh, Doug Peterson to see when he became the coach and just to get some more quick information. And the first result was Doug Peterson's book. And I guess the title of his book is Fearless, which yes. is ironic given his uh, decision on Sunday to not go for the field goal. So I thought that was funny. But he's usually a guy that is very aggressive on fourth downs, right? Yeah, I mean,
0: he he's known as Mr. Fourth Down. He's known for being aggressive, uh, you know, using the, the analytics approach to saying, hey, this is an opportunity we should take. And his play calling this year has been – mind-boggling it it hasn't been stereotypical Doug Peterson that we've kind of gotten to know since he came to Philadelphia as the head coach I don't know if it's you know there's too many coaches on this coaching staff uh where they brought in a lot of guys this offseason to really help the offense and you know whether Doug is tuning them out or you know they're not collaborating as much as they should it's been really strange to see what's gone on with Doug Peterson and his play calling so far, because last week against the Bengals, Miles Sanders was chugging along and, and bursting through uh, every opportunity he got. And then there was two straight drives where Doug Peterson didn't run the ball and the Eagles didn't do a damn thing with it. Uh, And it was just such a head scratching move. And, and then like we said, the, the punt in overtime was just a complete coward move. Um, And it was like they almost just settled for a tie because it wasn't a loss. Um, But it's it's been a weird start to the 2020 season for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm very curious to see um, what Kyle Shanahan's playing against this defense and what Robert Saul is playing against the Eagles' offense is because I I feel like um, one area that the Eagles – could try and expose the 49ers is the niners of this year and in years last year when they had that good defense they struggled against mobile quarterbacks and I know Carson isn't much of a mobile quarterback I know when he came out of college he he definitely had more athleticism but is that something that you could see Jalen Hurts coming in and for a few plays sort of like a Taysom Hill but more athletic and kind of Um, getting an edge on this 49ers defense that historically hasn't done well against those types of quarterbacks.
0: So I also think the Jalen Hurts thing has messed with Carson Wentz. uh, Yeah. Just because of, you know, the whole Nick Foles dynamic, and then they kept Nick Foles around in 2018. Trust issues. Uh, It it seems like, you know, to start this season, honestly, Carson Wentz has been playing like looking over his shoulder. And it's, it's been concerning. And then you've had Jalen Hurts active for week two and week three. And he was on the field for all of, I believe he's been on the field for four plays. And they've really been kind of nothing plays. Um, And you drafted him to, you know, be a creative, let's, you know, kind of that Taysom Hill thing, which I absolutely hate. I hate it. too. It's so bad. Um, And, I mean, you know, last week Jalen Hurts came in and ran the ball for eight yards, and that was all we saw of him. So, I mean, you know, you want to get creative with this offense. You want to switch things up and, and make it different and get your opponents, you know, caught off guard. But you're still kind of just running basic, you know, plays with him and it's it's kind of just nothing plays. I would be happy if, you know, they used Jalen Hurts in a way to kind of open things up on the offense, if that's the, the concept that they brought him in for. Um, but right now, it, a lot of talk is – you know, is Jalen Hurts going to be the guy that replaces Carson Wentz in two years because Carson's look so bad?
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, is, is this a game where it's kind of like do or die for the Eagles in terms of um, Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, the team making a change somewhere on that level? Um, the playoff hopes are never going to go away because the, the East is the division that always will go down to the last game of the season. But is this a week that could decide some things uh moving forward?
0: I think when it comes to Doug and Carson, they're you know, I it's it's one of those things where a lot of people are questioning are they gonna be able to win together? Um mm-hmm. because it, it seems like a lot has changed since the Super Bowl year. And me personally, I would rather see them move on from Howie Roseman, uh, because he's drafted terribly, he's given out bad contracts, uh gotten this team into cap hell. To be honest with the bad contracts that have been dished out. And I, I still believe in Carson Wentz. I still think that guy is in there. I don't know if we'll ever see the twenty seventeen peak MVP Carson Wentz again. But I still think that there is a a very good, talented, you know, top twelve quarterback in there. And I think Doug Peterson is still a good coach. It's just something's gotta click and it just hasn't clicked yet. They've it's the offense has seemed like they've been trying to put you know, uh, a square peg into a round hole and it just hasn't worked. Um, But I think this game overall, if they lose this game, this, this Eagles team will be lucky to have one win going into their bye week because after this game, they get the Steelers, they get the Ravens, they get the Giants and they, they get the Cowboys before the bye week. And I, I just don't see how they muster out a win against, you know, the Steelers, the Ravens or the Cowboys at this point. Um, So with the 49ers being as banged up as they are and the opportunity there for, you know, to sneak out one of those wins, this has got to be the kind of do or die, you know, leave it all out there type of game where if you lose this one, you're really staring down a hole and questioning whether or not you should, you know, go into a mode where you're seeing what some of these young guys can do that are on the team and benching some of these veterans that aren't going to be here next year.
1: Yeah, I think even with how injured the the Niners are um, and how vulnerable they, they could be, it's still kind of seen, at least on this side of the country, as a potential trap game, um, given the circumstances of the past couple of weeks and how they've uh, stayed afloat. But I, I think maybe, you know, playing under the bright lights, playing in front of national television could potentially light a spark under this Eagles team, and who knows, maybe they they finally pull it out here in week
0: four. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where the biggest concern I have is just how you know technical and how creative Kyle Shanahan and his coaching staff can get. Uh, I'm you know just watching what Sean McVay was able to do against Doug Peterson. Where going into that Rams game in week two, Doug was two and zero against Sean McVay in his career, and McVay coached circles around him and it seemed like, you know, the Eagles never had a shot in that game, and I view Kyle Shanahan as a better coach than Sean McVay. I think he's more creative, um, and he's been able to do it with a a backup quarterback now, and I think that that is the biggest X factor for me outside of George Kittle being back, which I think is going to absolutely decimate the middle of this Eagles defense. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's coaching ability and what he's able to do with the whoever is on his roster has been beyond impressive for me since he's taken over as the head coach of the 49ers.
1: Yeah. No matter, we've seen Kyle go up against a bunch of different types of defenses, but the one that they historically have struggled against is just that overwhelming pass rush, just because Jimmy has been a guy who's obviously not a mobile quarterback and neither is Nick Mullins. And um, what Jimmy As well as his quick decision making and having someone in your face and having that having a defensive line that disrupts that and that that cuts off from that quick throw um, slant yards after catch type of play which Jimmy does so well and so does Nick Mullins I think definitely hinders the Niners so I think from an Eagles standpoint that that defensive line definitely has to wreak havoc uh, if they hope to stop Kyle Shanahan.
0: And I think one of the biggest bright spots for the Eagles defense outside of the defensive line has been the trade for Darius Slay. Uh, right. Do you think we see a matchup of putting, you know, Darius Slay to cover George Kittle?
1: That's what I was wondering. Um, I, don't, I don't know a ton about Darius Slay or that, or that defense, but um, I, I think it, it all depends on how much Devo Samuel plays, I guess. Um, if he's more of a decoy and he doesn't, if he's not too involved, then I could see them transitioning to Darius Slay. But I think from an Eagles standpoint, it would probably be smart to cover, to have him on Debo and then um, adjust otherwise, maybe adjust off Debo um, from time to time to, to George Kittle. But I think overall, the 49ers, um, you know, if they have Kittle and Debo, I think it's going to be hard for a guy like Darius Slay. To, um, really lock down one with the other one not running free.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing that also concerns me. It's just the speed of the 49ers wide receivers, whether it is Debo, if he is involved, uh, IUK, Kendrick Bourne, uh, you know, the speed that the wide receivers the 49ers have are, you know, concerning to me when it comes to just coverage. And then you add George Kittle back into the mix, and it's like, all right. Who do we designate to cover him? Because he's obviously going to be the number one option for Nick Mullins.
1: Yeah. And right now the Niners on offense, they don't have a guy who can stretch. Well, they don't have a guy that normally stretches the field. um, Someone who could beat you deep, someone, a burner like that. So it's more, it's more, more uh, shallow to intermediate uh, style passing. And um, definitely they love over the middle. So it's, It's not something that I could see being stopped by a good cornerback or two. I think definitely the most vulnerable part of that Eagles defense that the Niners are going to attack is the linebacker core. So I think that's definitely – if that's going to be exposed and that's going to be an issue, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to hammer that home someday.
0: And, I mean, the other option I've thought about is potentially just dropping – Either Rodney McLeod or, or Jalen Mills down from the safety spot to you know put them in the box and kind of just go toe to toe with Kittle because you know Jalen Mills is kind of that physical former corner that you know can get out in coverage and and be tough on somebody. Um, but I mean it, it's one of those things where Kittle I think is a complete mismatch for this Eagles defense and knowing that he's gonna play, I I have no clue what Jim Schwartz is gonna do. Uh, and this seems like one of those games where. Kittle could go for a lot of yards, um, more than likely we'll find the end zone because that's just the way the Eagles have been rolling this year. Um, but I could see George Kittle having a monster game in his first game back from injury,
1: yeah, and I think one another thing that opposing defenses should try when going against Kyle Shanahan is Kyle's known for being this creative genius, and I think that if you're a defense and maybe you're a little bit hindered right now, you need to try and match that creativity. You need to do what you said. You need to move some guys around. You need to try some new things. Um, because if, if you roll out your defense and it's as predictable as Kyle anticipates, then, you know, it's toast. So I think there does does need to be some creativity from that Eagles defense uh, just to throw off the Niners offense.
0: Yeah, and I think one – It would be absolutely horrible to do this to a rookie, but Davion Taylor's a third-round draft pick for the Eagles at the linebacker spot. He's more of a project type, but he's kind of that, you know, shifty, elusive type of linebacker, has speed. I would not mind seeing him take over for Nate Gary because Nate Gary's been absolutely horrendous at the linebacker spot this year. And if you can get somebody who is physical but has speed and can cover a bit, why not give it a shot? You know, this, this team's Oh, two and one. And essentially the way I look at it is, you know, what do you have to lose?
1: Yeah. If, if you can get a guy like that and he can not neutralize, but contain George Kittle, I think that you can manage, um, with the rest of the 49ers offense. So I think that if that does present itself, I think that's definitely something that can, um, be at the Eagles advantage is to, have a guy that matches up better against George Kittle, but maybe leaves some areas exposed, but I think that's definitely something that uh, they they should look into if things go south quickly
0: and with Kittle coming back and he's been a full go uh, in practice today, and I know I saw one of your retweets uh, from Chris Biderman, where he said you know he could have gone and played in week two if it were later in the year. how much you know involvement do you expect to see from George Kittle? Uh, you know, right out of the gate to start this game, and then just for the duration of it, if he is, you know, claiming that he is good to go.
1: Um, I think all all um, restraints are off on Kittle on Sunday. He, like you said, he he could have played last week, so I think that he's definitely healthy. He's definitely ready to go, um, and I think the last since the last time he played was Week One um and he didn't do much week 1 so i think he's really itching and i think Kyle's really itching to get him involved so i do think that we could see Kittle early and often um and you know the first 15 plays of the game will dictate the game plan so i think that uh if we see Kittle i it's probably going to be a Kittle game the rest of the rest of sunday night
0: should be a good one uh you did say you know your x factor was going to be Kittle but other players on this team that you could see finding some success on Sunday night against this Eagles team that could, you know, tilt this game one way or another?
1: Um, I think another player who, he played great last week, um, Jason Verrett at cornerback, uh, in the absence of Richard Sherman. Uh, he's someone who's battled injuries his entire career, um, except when he was a pro bowler at the beginning of his career. And last week he, he did play similar to that level. So I think he's definitely someone who he's able to lock down whoever he's up against. If it's the guy you mentioned or some guy off the street, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I definitely think he's one of the X factors. And I think the linebackers, uh, Fred Warner, Kwan Alexander, and then that, uh, line, um, stopping miles Sanders is definitely one of the most important, um, tasks on defense, but I think on offense, the Niners are just going to do what they do. Um, They can dink and dunk, and they can uh, torch teams just by doing very simple things like that. I think that uh, we may not see a ton of Debo Samuel. I think we'd see probably more Brandon Ayuk. So I think that uh, you know what we saw against the Giants and some of what we saw against the Jets is probably going to be a lot of what we see on Sunday.
0: It's going to be one hell of a sunday night that's for sure uh, i hope <laughs> i'm looking forward to it even though i'm already setting myself up for absolute pain and anger and frustration <laughs> with this team i'm excited to watch this 49ers team though uh even with all of the injuries that they have and Nick Mullins is probably going to toss for you know 400 yards against the eagles because <laughs> that's just been their luck this year uh Taylor, you're the absolute best. Let everybody know where they can check out all your 49ers and Phillies fans, San Francisco Giants content. Uh, Shout-out to Gabe Kapler uh, because this was awesome, and who knows? The Eagles will probably somehow make the playoffs at 5-11 and and end up playing against the 49ers <laughs> at one point, and we'll have to have you back on the show.
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at WorthTM. You can find my work at uh, SFA.ca. This was a blast,
0: man. Can't wait for Sunday night, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it. And uh, the 49ers should come away with another win against an NFC East opponent because it is the NFC least, after all.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Well, there you have it, Eagles fans. George Kittle's back in the fold for the 49ers, and he's probably going to torch this defense because the Eagles have zero linebackers. Nate Gary has absolutely stunk. And the 49ers' pass rush is still pretty legit, even though they're missing two of their best guys, and they traded DeForest Buckner before the season to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm terrified for this game. I hope this is a a get-right game for this team, and they get things rocking in the right direction moving forward. Uh, But you need to see it first, and the only way you see it is on the field. Sunday night football, when the lights shine bright, that's when the stars come out. Let's see if Carson Wentz can turn this thing around with a bunch of no-names at wide receiver, along with Greg Ward, Zach Ertz, and Miles Sanders. It's going to be one hell of a Sunday night, and Monday is going to be the biggest overreaction Monday we might have in quite some time. Big shout-out to my guy Taylor Worth for hopping on the show. Make sure you check out all of his 49ers and San Francisco Giants coverage. Shout-out Gabe Kapler, like we said. Uh, f- that he does for the San Francisco Bay. Uh, fantastic job. I just found Taylor this week, and I love what he does. His coverage is excellent. So if you guys need any updates on the 49ers at all or the San Francisco Giants, Taylor's your guy. At W-I-R-T-H-T-M is where you can find him on Twitter. And uh, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter, at Phi. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow me on Twitter at kbizzl z l three one one, And make sure you guys check out our website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. All of our written content is there. We've got fantasy football. You know, bunch of breaking news stuff is probably going to be coming out over the next couple of days between the Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers. You name it, it's going to be there. Uh, our gambling blog's weekly coming out from the boy F-Tank. He's been doing pretty well with his picks, so make sure you're checking that out as well. UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com for all of your written content needs from us here at USP. And uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let me know what you think about this Eagles 49ers matchup. Do the Eagles have any shot in this game, any chance to turn it around before this gauntlet stretch really kicks into hyperdrive? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully we get this, uh, this ship sailed and get on the winning ways so we can uh, rock out on a victory Monday for the first time in 2020. But, uh, again, shout-out to my guy Taylor Worth for hopping on the show. And uh, let's hope for an Eagles win on Sunday night, waiting all day for Sunday night. This has been Season 3, Episode 4 of Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, KB. As always, it's Go Birds. We'll talk to you guys next week when the Eagles take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Peace.